What up, everybody? How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? Is the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And we are going to have a really awesome conversation uh, with a quarterback, former quarterback from the NFL, Darius Butler, saw his ass on Get Up the last few days. Uh, but we had him in here, drafted in the second round by the New England Patriots, gets drafted the same year that Tom Brady is battling back from that injury, that ACL tear the season before. He was went to Carolina for the first year of Cam Newton, went to Indianapolis for the first year of Andrew Luck, and then stayed with the Colts for five years. But just a good conversation covering anything from what it was like, what it's like for Bill Belichick to release you, what it's like to be released and think, oh my gosh, maybe it's over, what it was like for Cam Newton dealing with Steve Smith his rookie year. Just a, a very interesting conversation. And then we talked a little bit more about what to expect this year, the teams he's high on, the teams he's low on, all of that will be happening in a minute. Again, I'm going to try and do this so there's less uh, commercials during the interview. But I also want to give you an update on the LFGL, the Let's Fucking Go League. Last year, we had 396 competitors. I believe it boiled down to 28 different leagues. William Ezel is going to be the commissioner this year, taking it over for Meatloaf Henry. We did the cutoff at Tuesday at 5 o'clock. And I did get some tweets and stuff afterwards that said, oh, no, I'm just seeing this. And I hate to do this to you, but we can't because we have to have rules or else what is society? And the other reason is because we have a crap load of people. The amount of people that signed up this year, again, last year was 396. 1,164. That is 97 12-team conferences. Holy crap. So now there's that realization where I went from, oh, this is so much fun to how are we going to do this? So let me just explain this to you guys. If you mentioned on the sheet that you want to be a commissioner, you probably have received an email from Ezel. Please respond. 76 of you have already said you're willing, have already responded and said you're, you're definitely down to be a commissioner. I think 140 of you overall said you'd be down to be a commissioner. So please respond to the email. From now on, I'm not talking about this on the podcast. Ezel's going to handle it. But I'm also going to say this. I am thinking of leaning towards the Sleeper app to do the Fantasy League. Not Yahoo, not ESPN, the Sleeper app. Uh, it's what the fantasy footballers are using. It's very user-friendly. I have already downloaded the app, and it seems super easy. If you haven't received an email confirmation yet, do not be worried. We haven't sent that out. But Sleeper apparently is going to make it possible for Ezel to be the active commissioner for all 97 leagues. None of the other games really allow us to do that, and I think it's going to be tough. Uh, some people have reached out and said, hey, August 22nd works, but if you're trying to do 8 o'clock Eastern, that's 3 o'clock in England. Ezel's going to try and find a way to communicate with everybody that if you are overseas, maybe we do international uh, leagues in which you guys can have your drafts at around whatever time you want it to be. Uh, if you auto-draft, I'm going to be honest, I've seen auto-draft teams win. It's completely okay. So we're still thinking of August 22nd. 
Looks like we're going to do the Sleeper app, so why don't you download that, check it out, get comfortable with it, and then we'll have more details going forward. But 1,164, 97 team, 97 conferences, we literally have about tripled what we did last year. The 33% is the shit. It is awesome. While you're at it, after you listen to the interview, hit up Darius Butler on social media and let him know. And at the end of the podcast, we both had probably the worst freestyles of our entire lives. So if you want to make fun of us, please go ahead. Um, We're going to have some gambling podcasts next week to start betting on preseason football, which is absurd. I'm hoping to have some information to you guys soon about people that are going to be joining the podcast during the regular season. But guys, it's about two weeks away. And as you're hearing this right now, we're getting ready for Hall of Fame weekend. We're getting ready for the first preseason game. Football is practically upon us. So here is a little advertisement and then our conversation with former cornerback Darius Butler. You might get 16. You might get 16. Nah, I'm, I'm telling you, man. you wouldn't be the first. You ain't gonna be the last. Oh, man. I ain't, I'm, maybe at the end. Okay. Maybe at the All end. Right. Yeah. Michael Vick said the same shit, and then he said, next time. I was like, I ain't gonna argue with you, Mike. The voice yeah. you hear, Mr. Darius Butler, uh, man from Florida, then became a part of the Connecticut Mafia that all got drafted into the NFL yep, at the same yep, time. Yep. A few years with the Patriots, then the Panthers, and a nice little five-year stint with the Colts. Six. Sorry. See, you can't, can't show me on that year. Yeah, them, them just count. I have, I literally looked through your career and your timing and everywhere is very interesting. Mm-hmm. You saw some shit. Wow, yeah. So, what, I'm, we're just going to get right into it. I didn't realize, so you go to the Patriots 2009. Yep. Same draft class as Julian Edelman. Yep. Also, Tom Brady coming off an ACL tear. Yep. So you get it to New England and this dude is rebuilding himself. Yeah, he had a long hair and he was That's when he got the hair. Still majestic. Oh, man. He's still majestic. He's a guy. He's the so, guy. Uh, we're going to talk about all this, but then you go to the Panthers. Yep. First year of Cam Newton. Yep. Then you go to the Colts. First year of Andrew Luck. <laughs> yep. You saw all of the like the rebirth of Brady, the beginning of Luck, the beginning of You've seen yeah. some shit now, That's man. Good shit, man. It's awesome, it good shit. Three completely different guys. Incredible. All different. dogs, all competitors, all killers, but three completely different ways Man. about how you went about their business. Um, I saw you on Get Up today. We're going to get back to the, all that stuff in a second. How is post-career media stuff going? It's cool. Just getting, um, I kind of tried, I took like a year just kind of off, just chill. You deserved it. Family, home. Yeah. Um, and then I, after that, just kind of started getting busy, kind of figuring out what I want to get into. I told sure. you about the, trying to b- broadcast boot camp. Um, that went well. And now, that was a few months ago. And now, I was just like, you know what? Let's just get it started. Give it a shot. Is the media what you thought it was going to be like? Is it different? How does it compare to like what you thought as a player? Um, I always had respect for the media because I knew it was, it was a tough job, especially like the local beat writers. They yes. always needed, you know, same guys, Man. same locker room. You got to try to find a story. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you got to deal with guys after, you know, shitty games, after good games. Yes. So it was tough. So you I always have had respect those for those annoying questions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I always had little side convos with them. But uh, so it's a lot. And then playing as long as I did, I got to see a lot of my teammates transition. You know, I played with Randy Moss and I saw him on Monday night. You know, yeah. Matt Hasselback. I just saw guys transition. So, 
uh, Steve Smith, you know. So these guys kind of gave me little tidbits here and there. So it's it's work though. Like those yeah. production meetings. I mean, it's just like a meeting before you go into a game. You it go is. into a game, and then you have the post meeting and getting yelled at like you get yelled at by your coach, and then you <laughs> no go about way. your business. Yeah, you're getting yelled at like fun, that. Man. I like that. I think I, I would love if media was like that. I'm I'm <laughs> like that. I want to be like, what the hell just happened? But yeah. everyone else like, good show, everybody. Nah, I'm see, like, I, no yeah, way. I don't like that shit. I agree. We're trying to build something special. <laughs> Definitely. When um, look, can we start in the beginning though? You Let's get drafted it. by the Patriots. Yep. Belichick calls you up, and mm-hmm. you're going, "Holy crap!" Yeah. Second round pick, Bill Belichick, Mister Secondary. I always hear people's interactions with Belichick. Mm-hmm. How different is it when you're a member of the secondary though? Because I feel like that's his pride and joy. It's a. Uh... It's the, he's so hands on, and he and is he, he more hands on with that group than any other group. Um, when I was there, it it really depends on how his staff is. I think sure. you know if he has a guy that you know is a you know eight year guy. We had a first year uh, DB coach when Who I was, was there, it? Josh Boyer. So he was definitely a lot more hands on with yeah, us, yeah. And, he, and he had me, uh, Pat Chung. We were both second round yep. picks. We brought in Sean Springs, Lee Bottas. So we had some old guys, some new guys, Brandon Springs. Merriweather. So we had guys kind of all over the place in their career, and um, so he he was real hands on with the defensive yeah. backs. But uh, I mean, that was you know at, at that time. Looking back on it, I would appreciate it a lot more as a fourth, fifth year guy oh my God. than coming out because he he has his ways and it's like Bill's way or no way. Right. So you know I'm coming in as a high draft pick, feeling myself. Right. And um, you know I make a play and he'd be like, Nah, like you didn't do it the way I coached you to it. And I'm wow. like, Shit. you know, so that was different for me and um, kind of uh, hard. Got in that doghouse and never got out. And uh, what are some things that you've looked back on with age mm-hmm. and go, Oh, it makes sense now. That would be the That's yeah the that experience one. yeah being there um just how they go about doing business um and you, it can translate into because if I was a, a 20, lot of different two ways. year old kid yeah I'd be like and I hear I hear Lane Johnson talking right now about how they don't have fun and and I I see all these veterans that go there that try to do one more year mm-hmm. and then like after two practices they retire <laughs> yeah, it's different and it has to be a shock to the system. But you coming out of college, you don't even know what the NFL is like. Know, Everyone's yeah. telling you it's different. And you're getting the most different place out of any place. Out of any place, yeah. So I'm sure you had moments in that first year where you're like, man, fuck this shit. Yeah. The, fir- the first year, honestly, was more of a breeze because the, fir- the rookie year just happened. Shit just happened so fast. Because it goes you combine into the draft, combine, into yeah, the mini camp, into the training mini camps, camp, and, and you're in there, and yeah. it's like, damn, you know, we're starting. And um, so and I was kind of thrown in the fire, played a lot my rookie year. So yeah, let's go to the playoffs. Yeah, going into the second year, then we had the lockout going into my second year. So wow. we had to, like, you know, meet up. We're practicing, and we're doing 707s in Boston College and shit like that. So we missed some of the offseason and then got to the season. And, um, um, but, you know, kind of struggle early out of the gate and then kind of just kind of confidence got shaky. Right. And then shit just went downhill. Got benched, kind of found my way back. And then uh, going to that third year, that's when they released me. Yeah. Went to Carolina. Um, had some crazy shit going on in Carolina off the field. That just kind of that season was kind of a whirlwind. For you personally? Yeah. My yeah. daughter and my daughter, had she had open heart surgery, like, as wow. a two-month-old. You know what I mean? Like, literally, I found out on the phone, walking off the practice field, went straight to the um, airport. This was probably week three or four in the season. Wow. So that was that was, that was was crazy. But, uh, I mean, every literally, every every player has their own when you Because I just story. watched All or Nothing Panthers, and there was a scene where Devin Funchess, mm-hmm. I think it was a family member that had gotten shot and killed, uh-huh. and he did not tell the coach or anybody for like two, three weeks. And they're like, yeah, what's wow. wrong with you? Yeah. And he's like, and he just broke down and it all came out. 
It was it was uh, Rivera, right? Yep, Rivera. Was he someone that like understood what was going on with you? Because I'm sure some coaches like Michael Bennett just came out about Belichick, and I guess he had family issues. And he was like, "Get out of here, go see them." Yeah, like. I never know if coaches are if they get it because I hear stories where they're also like they're different. You want it here? It depends. It, on the it's guy. different. Depending, and you got to think of a guy like Bill. I mean, he's not worried about his job security. Ron Rivera, this was rookie year as a head coach. Oh wow! So with a rookie quarterback, you know, this is my first year there. He was trying to figure out, you know, if I was going to be somebody, he was keep, he would keep around, and um, you know, that happened. And but at that point. You know, it's things that's bigger than football. Like, literally, football was, for the first time probably in my life since the teenager, like, it was the last thing on my mind. You know what I mean? So, obviously, that's going to affect your performance. It's going to affect how you practice. How you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's part of it. Uh, you know, I end up getting old with um, Indiana, I mean, Indianapolis, and, um, you know, had a good six-year run there, and I had fun. Was that, was that Patriots, Panthers, two Colts, was that kind of a blur? That whole thing to you, yeah. it just sounds like so much stuff was changing. It was it's just so many, um, so many ups and downs. But it's, a, it, I mean, it's, it's about how you react, though, man. Oh, man. You know, getting released uh, from the Patriots after my second year after Bill. How did that, I, yeah, what did Bill like say to you? How so does, I, I actually went to Bill, um, kind of in my third year of training camp, and because uh, yeah, I kind of released in September. Yeah, so I saw, I saw it was odd. So I saw the kind of the writing on the wall, how they, how practicing was going, how things were going. I'm like, man, that. you know what? You know, I, I'm calling my agent at the time. It was uh, Rosenhaus. I'm like, Drew, man, like, you know, I, I, want, I need to get out of here, man. I need to trade it, release something. Yeah. I got to get out of here. And he's like, bro, don't go to Bill and tell him, man, just keep, <laughs> just figure it out. Like, we got to figure this thing out. And I'm like, all right, you know, went out there, tried to figure it out, and just things weren't going right. So I went to Bill. We had a conversation. He kind of, you know, spoke me up, got me back going. I'm like, all right. Then literally we get all the way into game oh, week can't one. Skip over that for me. <laughs> you go to Bill. Yeah. You nervous? Not at that point, because I mean, You've been I've been around. I've been around him two years. Yes. Going to, so he he. It's and an open door policy. You wanted to mainly say, "What's the deal? How do Not, I? How do I get?" Yeah, back? just it would just have a man to man talk. Like I yeah. just want a fresh start at this point. I know I can play. I still have confidence in myself. Maybe I just need a fresh start. And and he's like, you know, no, you know. So kinda, is Bill one of those guys? Like he puts the clicker down and he like turns to you. <laughs> like what's? Is, he, he, he's he's a lot more personable than he comes off, yes. you know, in the media and stuff. Says. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't really like to do it. It's just extra, you know, extra noise is unnecessary. He cares about you guys so much, he, but everybody else, he'll yeah, he, he doesn't care. But um, the timing of the release was still, you know, obviously it bothered me because once you get released in September, the cuts have already been made from training camp. Guys have been picked up on waivers. All GMs types have things. already thrown names e- in the exactly. trash. Down a exactly. That's why this Mike Daniels release was like really surprising. It was, but at least they did it at the beginning of training camp. So Definitely. now, now you know he's, you know he's he's going to Detroit and he he'll be fit, he'll be ready for week one. You know. So did you get claimed by Carolina? I got claimed immediately. I got claimed by a bunch of teams. Carolina. Got the rights to me because they had the worst record they had the, the previous year. The yeah, they, 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 they were two and fourteen or some shit like that the year before. So I ended up going to Carolina, and um, it was going decent. I was coming in playing on like sub packages, um, and then the thing happened with my daughter, and it was just, you know what I mean. And, right. And then once I got back, um, you know, it was it was once you have that losing season, mm. shit's gonna change. They drafted oh, Josh Norman, um, uh, some other guys, and then shit just changed, and I ended up getting picked up by Indianapolis like week. Probably four into the season because I got. They just had the first. Pick. Yeah, I had an injury settlement when I got released from the Panthers. I had a concussion in, in the last preseason game, wow. so it was, it was it was like a good three week period. I'm like literally on the street, like you know, two three years ago. I'm a second round wow. pick. Now I'm on the street. It's like damn, like 
nah, I ain't going out like this. When I get back on, like so I'm going out my way. Moment. You oh, had absolutely. that moment. Like where? Like for me, when I when I hit that moment where uh, I'm either exhausted or mm-hmm. shit didn't go my way, I always feel like I'm on the couch and I'm sitting there and I'm going, mm, not today. Yeah. What was your? I am not going out like that moment. Um. It, I mean, it was really just being home and like kind of after, because this was kind of after, this was kind of the beginning of the concussion. Like everybody was afraid of the concussions. That gotcha. was like, a, you know, oh shit, like he got a concussion. Like, ah, so I'm like, damn, like, I, I'm going to be scared off of that. I've been cut twice in the last two years. Like, so it, w- it was kind of a uncertain. I was uncertain. Yeah. You know, when I got released by the Patriots, even though I got released in September, I'm like, you know, somebody going to claim it. You know, yes. my agent was like, you know, you'll be good. You'll you know, you'll good. land on your feet. But this time it was different. And that first week goes by, like, all right. Second week, it's like, okay. Third yeah. week, it's like, damn. And literally, I come in, um, Grixon brought me in his office. And uh, he was like, look, man, like, if it don't work out this time, you might end up in Canada. Like, straight up, you tell wow. me. Like, because at the time when they brought me in, Vontae was hurt. Um, they had Justin King. He was hurt, I think. Gerard Powers was injured. And um, so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just give it up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out my way, though. If I'm, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out my way. Out. Absolutely. Yeah. My first practice, you know, I picked off luck a couple of times. I got a, a start in Thursday night football and uh, had two picks and fumble recovery. And uh, ain't look back. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. Like, I also think, too, what I, I try to explain to people about professional athletes, they're not just putting on for themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not just putting on for their families, their communities, yeah. their school. Like, I see you went on Get Up Today and UConn's like, former UConn, what is on there? And so there's this thing that goes in your head when you're facing like calamity like that where you're like all these motherfuckers are looking at me yeah they rule for and me they're, but they're also they gonna be back. they're gonna be asking me annoying questions <laughs> this doesn't go right they're gonna be sad they're gonna be disappointed in me yeah and i'm sure there was probably a part of you that was like this went from me being like everyone's dream mm-hmm. to now me being everyone's example of see what happens when you don't take advantage of things yeah like it flips so quickly yeah and you're sitting there and you're like, fuck that. Like, I'm not going to be Can't that guy. Can't go out like that, yeah. And it's it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's scary. It's stressful. It, it's just uncertain. It's, it's just that level of uncertainty. And um, and then you're just saying, like, you, you're feeling like, you know, shit, I know who I am. Like, right. I know what I can bring to the table. It's just about having that right opportunity. And I was fortunate enough. A lot of guys don't get that third opportunity. If I, was dra- if I was drafted in the sixth round, I may have not gotten that second or third opportunity. Wild? You know what I mean? So it's I, it's. I, I think sometimes it's a burden if a GM takes a guy too high. And I'm just like, I think Jabril Peppers going in the first round, yeah. it's like a lot of pressure on him at the same point. Dude's gonna get like three or four more opportunities yeah, because he was Corey Coleman. Yeah, you exactly. see guys like that. Yeah, they just keep keep getting opportunities, keep getting chances. But um, and sometimes it works out. Like oh, Darius sure. Hayward Bay, yep. where he hits that second stage of his career and mm-hmm. he's better than he ever was yeah. early in his career. Yeah. But he gets the opportunity because he was a top 10 pick. Exactly. But, and he um, can run a fucking 4 2 And he can still fly. <laughs> um, when Tom Brady came in with the long hair, mm-hmm. What was what, what was it like? Because he had already won a few Super Bowls. Oh, yeah, he's already, he was already Tom Brady. What was it like as the rookie to come in and see that guy? It was wild, man, because uh, you go up first as a rookie. You, you report early, and then um, I think the quarterbacks show up a couple of days later. I mean, a couple of days before even the other vets. So um, every time, you know, you'll make a play or something, DB comes like, hey, 
you're not gonna make that play when 12's throwing the ball. You know what I'm saying? So oh, like, so you hear? Yeah, so you kind of hear here. in the legend. Okay, when 12 and, and mind you, this is Randy Moss, Wes Welker. These guys are coming into camp too. So it's like okay. Yeah. So once we get, once he got there, I actually um, one of the first training camp practices, I picked him off. And like my local newspaper, Sun Sentinel, like wrote up an article like Darius Butler picks off Tom Brady in practice because they're throwing at Randy Moss. I was so hype about that. And uh, it's one and like when you, it's like you meet these guys. You know, you you've seen them win so many games. You yes. see Teddy Bruschi. You see Randy Vince Wilford, Richard Seymour. You right. see all these legends. And it's like wow, you had that wild moment. And then like two days later, you're like, okay, these are my co-workers now like right. these are my these are my teammates like you know and, and it kind of goes away but what, um, what, what was it that because I just saw an interview with um I think it's Devin Bush went to the Steelers yep and they said South Florida in, kid in the rookie camp he was talking a lot but they said in training camp we haven't heard you that much yeah and I'm sure it's like what you're talking about where yeah. you're the man when it's the draft picks and oh, you're yeah. the top guy but when the rest of the team comes in you fall in the line yeah what? Why do you think? Which it, you should. But when did it go from? Oh, they're my teammates. When did you feel accepted? It, it, it probably wasn't rookie hazing or anything like that. Yeah. Was it like one of them coming up to you and and asking a question? How does that work? Uh, it depends on the locker room. It depends on the vets. Because um, you can have certain locker rooms that um, you you come in and guys may feel threatened by you being drafted so high. You know, so your the guys, the older guys in your meeting room might not really accept you. Damn. Uh, so it. it it really depends on the locker room and the culture. So coming into that locker room, coming into that culture, like they bring you right in. Obviously, yeah. you got to pay your dues. You got to do the get up, sing your fight song. I've heard the Patriots tell them you're signing. But yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah. like they treat you with respect. They treat you, man. You're not doing no crazy shit. You know what I mean. So that was that was that was that's the best thing about. It. But as a rookie, especially back then, you come in. I don't care where you draft. You're you're seen and you're not heard. Like you just do your job. And I feel like that's how. Do you ever be. see a rookie come in and try to be heard? Yes. And I felt like as I got older, <laughs> that was so much because because it's annoying, man. And I think social media had a lot to do with it. Like guys just come in um, so much more entitled now. You know what I mean? You come in, you know, with a hundred thousand followers or right. this or that. You know, worried about your brand and now you know you're trying to go viral, some shit like that. And uh, a lot of the older guys don't really take you know don't you don't really take well to that. So you can get kind of put in a, you know not treated like so that. So what's an um, example of someone coming in with just too much sauce? Man, oh. you don't have to say names. If you know, just coming cool. in, just like as a rookie, you know, meeting start at 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 at, at eight o'clock. Like you need to be in there like seven fifty five in your seat, like. Yeah, this guy may walk in at 758, you know, with his shit, chewing some right. sunflower seeds, but as a rookie, have your ass in the seat, you know, have your playbook out, you know. So, but like guys, you know, coming in cool, you know, yeah. with your Louis, with your this, with your that, like, bro, just chill, bro. Just you know, chill. just chill, bro. We know you got it. Just come in, do your job, go about your business. I love watching when rookies have to buy like 800 pounds of candy yeah. and all that stuff. Um, Jonathan Abram, the safety for the Raiders, is the podcast favorite player in the draft. Uh-huh. He was just the first guy I had on from the rookie class. I said, congratulations, nice. you're it. That's but, from Mississippi State. Yeah, and all these articles are coming out right now that Vontez is like his big bro. Uh-huh. And he... I am, I'm, I'm like kind of experiencing what it's like to be a rookie through him because uh-huh. I talk to him a lot now, and he's like sharing these stories about being like, oh man, I they can't shut me the fuck up, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready to go because he's just that all the time. There's a story that came out that John Gruden had to move rooms because Abram was coming over too much to talk to him about football too much. Wow. 
I love that's, that. That's that's some good shit. That's the that's best. some good shit. Because I'm sure when a rookie came into indie and they're like. Like when Andrew Luck came in, yeah. I'm sure all of you were like, this is perfect. Yeah, see, I came in with Luck. Well, That's Luck was I mean. actually there before Luck me. Luck yeah. and T.Y. Hill yep. came in when you got there. I bet you he was the perfect rookie. Perfect. 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 T.Y., same way. Yeah. And, and he goes about and, and Luck, you know, you know, I make an interception or he'll make a play on me and he immediately he wants to have a conversation like, you know, what did you see? Why, you know, how did he get open on that? You know, what were you thinking? What was You know, and we had those conversations. And I'm like, sure at one point you were like, man, get the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, he, he, man, <laughs> Luck is so nice. Like you can, uh, it's, it's, it just rubs off on you. So but, like uh, you'd pick him off. He'd be like, great interception, <laughs> Darius. Ah, damn it, D-Bus, you got me. What did you see there? Like, you know, he wants to know how, why, how it happened. and all yeah. that. But it's all, it's good. You're always learning. And Tom Brady, you throw a pick, you'd be like, all right, that's your ass. I'm coming right back at you. Really? <laughs> yeah. So he's a little bit more Jordan, where like if you talk trash, yeah, he's going to take it to the next level. For sure. For sure. And then Luck is you always talk to trying the to luck, learn. He'll be like, yeah, all right, good, good job, buddy. In his head, he may be thinking, fuck you, I'm coming back at you. Have you ever seen him get angry? Not, and I don't mean like angry at himself. Like, hmm. have you ever seen him show ego? Show ego? Nah. Nah, I mean, I'm sure he probably lays in the guys and like offering some trash meetings, talk. But ever? he doesn't. He doesn't try to show guys up. But uh, yeah. you know, you hear stories about obviously meeting rooms and a quarterback should take command. It's a time and a place for it. You know, yeah. you don't want to call him, call a guy out and embarrass him. But um, you know, you're in the meeting room. Hey, get your shit done. You know, you hear him say certain shit to rookies. But I mean, that's like you know, yeah. him just you know, you just got to do that. You got to give rookie shit. So compare Lux rookie year to Cam's rookie year. Oh man. And just like how okay, because they, they both there's a lot both. of similarities. They both went number one. Both had extremely high expectations. They both had rookie head coaches. Yep. Um. Damn. What would be the? It was tougher for Cam because of the personalities that he had to deal with as like a, a quarterback. Steve Smith type. Yeah, of? Steve Smith. He had Jeremy Shockey. Wow, he had uh, D'Angelo Williams, now, but he was he yeah, was yeah. he was a great teammate. Though. But just got different guys like that. You, had, you know, but those are look, three very strong. They're different, completely different. And obviously, Cam is a huge personality. You know, he came in. Cam is like the yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So he coming in as a rookie is tough to deal with that. Now, luck, he comes in. You know, you got Reggie Wayne, cool, cool old right, head. Old you head. got uh, Ty, who was he came in as a rookie with them. Right. Kobe Fleener was one of his guys who came in as a rookie. Vic Ballard was a rookie who ended right. up being you know the, the guy who carried the, most, the ball the most. Virginia, so, no, uh, Vic Ballard, Mississippi State Wait, also. I think yeah, Mississippi I mean, State. I think so. Yeah. So um, it was different. It was different ball game. And um, I mean, you just had in in a comparison. Jeremy Shockey and Cody Planer. <laughs> exactly. Vic Ballard and D'Angelo Williams. And like Steve Smith, Steve Reggie Smith, Wayne. I've always wondered that about Steve because did Steve kind of take Cam under his wing a little bit or was it like, I'm a vet and I'm trying to win a Super Bowl and I need you to get up to speed really quickly? It was no like baby stepping with, with Steve. It's I like, give imagine. me the damn ball. I want the ball here. I don't want to do that. This is what I'm doing. Like, and Jeremy Shock is like, throw me the damn ball too, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was no, it, he, he, got, he had to get it up and deal with it fast. So you ever talk shit to Steve Smith in practice? <laughs> it, 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 the Steve Smith, man, it depends on, you didn't know what you were going to get with him. Really? You didn't know. Like one day, you know, Wednesday, you, you jam him up or something. He'd be like, hey, good, you know, good shit. You know, and then the next day, 
you jam up. He's like, kind of like fucking hands off me and try to block you. You know, and five like, seconds no, we, after we the just whistle. Did this I'm yesterday. like, bro, like, all right. So it was, it was a. I just was, had to keep a. a, a, a was, I had to early on, like, hey, because I had already played in, against him in the game before, gotcha. so that was good. So you know, he kind of, I had kind of earned his respect in that sense. So when we we're teammates, but you kind of. The first time, the first impression is everything. So if somebody tries you the first time, however it goes that time, that's what you're going to have to deal with. So the first wow. time it was like some shit was like, hey, and it was a quick understanding. We were cool. Cool as hell from then on out. You figured it out. Yeah. Cool as hell. One other thing I saw in the All or Nothing is they're getting Dante Jackson ready on that Thursday night against the Steelers, mm-hmm. which is when the Carolina season I got to check this. I got to check this. It's show. on Amazon. Okay. It's not as good as the years past, if I was going to be honest. Uh-huh. Like they had an Arizona Cardinals one, which was like when they went to the playoffs, it was David Johnson. Johnson's rookie year. Is that what B.A.? And, who and Bruce Aarons was like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. This year, it was just like a lot of showing me football that I've already seen. Okay. But that Pittsburgh game, Dante Jackson got moved to the number one corner, mm-hmm. and he was on A.B. And I thought what was really cool was, I think it was Mike Adams and like another safety slash corner. Mike Adams pops. Was like, do not <laughs> talk to Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. And Dante, at this point, if you remember last year, had like four interceptions very early, was getting a lot of like defensive rookie of the year buzz and all that stuff. And they kept saying, if you say like nice things to Antonio Brown, you're dead. (laughs) Like if you go, hey, man, nice route, he owns you. And they were it. It, it sounded like the Jordan rules yeah. where you do not talk to this guy. Did you have that? Like, is that an experience? Are there would receivers it, well, like would that? Would A.B.? Um, nah, it was cool A.B. I was literally with him when he got drafted like because wow. we, we had the same agent at the time, and he was kind of going through. You were in the same class? No, no, no. I was I was already drafted, gotcha. but we had the same uh, same agent. He went six rounds? He round? went six rounds. So this is probably after, I don't know, maybe day two or three, and uh, the guy who worked for agent, he gives me a call because, you know, South Florida, I'm down there yeah. in Miami somewhere, and uh, I think he was at the W somewhere, and uh, he's like, hey, D-Bot, man, what you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm chilling, doing this, and he's like, hey, man, come through. I got one of my guys. Like, he going through it right now. Like, it just wow. come holler at him. So I come in there, you know, too, we chopping it up, and guys are getting drafted. His quarterback gets drafted before him. He's like, pit. you know, he's, he's yeah. pissed. So I'm I like, yeah, I'm like, man, look, man, when you get on, just get in there, do your thing, and at this point, I didn't know much about Antonio Brown. I didn't watch him at Central Michigan. Right. But um, it's just your age. Yeah, guy. Was, yeah. I'm just like, man, whatever. It don't matter where you get drafted. Or if you don't get drafted, once you get in there, you show out and handle yeah. business. So to see his career take off the way it did, it's crazy. But um I, one experience I would I can think about is Megatron. Like I used to talk, I played against him in college too, and I talk every time you talk shit to him, like nothing. No, it's just silence and it's like shit. That's that's kind of scarier than anything. Kind of sounds like when you're when you go to like London and there's those guards and you're just trying exactly, to yeah action. yeah get nothing get nothing and I, I saw you him were there up one for time. Antonio Brown during his draft yeah, yeah. and you're probably like man eh, good luck in Pittsburgh man oh, were you there yes. when he got drafted no I, yeah when he got drafted like the moment when he got happened? drafted so um but damn did I stay the moment he got the call I'm not sure about that actually so you were the wise hit him up. guy that gave him confidence yeah it was just, I mean yeah I'm not saying that oh, I, I know, you know I but know. uh you know just gave him encouraging words and uh, I remember um even uh because Emmanuel Sanders got drafted earlier in the draft and he might have went third or Third or fourth round or something like maybe third round, he got drafted. Ended up taking AB, I think, in the sixth round. But um, all those guys ended up balling. Though. I'm sure Sanders, you had a Mike moment Wallace, too a few years AB. later where you were like, "That's that same same dude? shit." Yep. Wow. Yeah, I, I followed him because obviously after you know you have that yeah um, you, you have that meet with him. Always following him anytime we play. He's always killed us too. 
every time we we matched up with him in Indy, he murdered us. What's really interesting is I, when I started, like when Instagram Stories was big and Snapchat, Snapchat I think exploded with uh, DJ Khaled, and Antonio Definitely. Brown was always around DJ yep. Khaled. And then I started following him on Instagram Stories and all that, and I would see his workouts every day. And I remember the rehab where I'd see him like doing finger climbing on stairs, and he would be strengthening his fingers. Yeah. And I didn't really follow a lot of other NFL players, mm-hmm. so I assumed Everybody that's how it. all NFL players work out. No. I now follow an inordinate amount of yeah. NFL players. He's the only one that I see every day, multiple times a day, doing Hard. the most useful, craziest workouts I've ever seen. And then I had Trent Brown here, mm-hmm. and he's like, Trent's like, I was just wrapping up my first one, and Antonio is starting his third workout of the day. Is it? Does it all come back from being slighted in the draft? Does it all come back? Probably that to chip that? on his shoulder, that same chip, and uh, he he's always played. Even when um you know everybody kind of went up in arms when they paid him before Mike Wallace. It was like, well, you know, I paid paid this guy early, and so obviously they saw it before we did. But yeah. um he, he that his work ethic is is, is insane. It, it's a very few guys that I've seen that work like AB, and um and he passes it on. You know, he's working with young kids. He went yes. on a Nike tour, going on a bunch. So I respect that. I respect that shit more than anything, man. The the um, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Mike Tomlin trio. Mm-hmm. What do you think broke that? Uh, I think the GM, I the GM comments about about Ben and like you know the fifty three fifty two guys and then kind of Ben like you don't do that and then I don't know what happened. It had I to be something. Yeah, it wasn't Ben. It was the GM who said that. The GM but, was like Ben's different than everybody else. Exactly. And I wa- even just some shit. I'm watching him at training camp the other day and I see like you know him throwing passes and everybody and Ben just out there without a helmet on and it's probably not a big deal. We talked about that so much. It's not a big deal to probably the average is, fan, though. but to me as a player, I'm like. I, I couldn't even imagine, like, Brady out there, you know, throwing the ball yeah. and not having his helmet. You know what I mean? Like, he's— What's funny is, is to me, it always I always go back to, like, Babe Ruth, mm-hmm. where it's like, he was amazing, and he'd eat six hot dogs in the third inning. Yeah. And you're like, wow. And we kind of celebrate that a little bit. We mm-hmm. celebrate when a guy wears a hat and goes, I'll turn it on for the game. Yeah. I, uh, Sims would always tell me the story about Warren Sapp, where, like, he'd, you know, he'd be feeling whatever. He'd be like, I'm going to get two sacks, though. And it's like, man, you're not even caring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're that good, nobody can say shit. But when you're not winning, it's a huge issue. Yeah. Because all I ever hear from you guys, it's about accountability. It's about accountability. But I mean, it's we're all we're all in this together. And obviously, you're getting paid twenty million. This guy may oh, be man. getting paid five hundred thousand. But we are we only as strong as our weakest link. And uh, that's that's the difference in, in culture. Now he he's won two championships. So obviously, the shit he's doing on the field is working. I'm not, it's it's a, it's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Yeah. But I mean, just from the optics, seeing but it. I I'm have like, friends that have accomplished a lot in their life. Mm-hmm but they could have accomplished more if they were focused. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. Like I see it. Ben, uh, it's, sometimes people say this about Shaq. How many championships <laughs> would they have won yeah. if he had Kobe's mentality? I don't ever want to take away because everyone's journey is their journey. Yeah. Shaq had me. And Ben's going to have two. But I always wonder, you know, if Ben was eating like Tom Brady and, and working out like Cam Newton and all this stuff. That's, like, that's tough for me, though. It's tough. It's because... That's Just, a very fan thing to do. Yeah, yeah, it's tough because who's to say if a guy works like that and 
five years in, you say, man, this is too much. You know, right? I've made enough money. I'm ready to. I'm ready. To, I've won right. two championships. I'm like, I'm done. You know, I've had enough. I've, I'm burnt out in a sense. You know, sure. so some people got to have fun with it. Like Cam, his rookie years are early. When I was there, he had a lot of fun with. It. He had a lot yeah. more fun with it than Brady or Luck did on the field. But he still, when the game time came, when practice came, he was competing. He was playing. Yeah. So I'm used. You see the Patriots. You know, dynasty. When you saw when the Seahawks were on their run, oh, they were doing it completely different. Completely. You know what I mean? They got a basketball Talking hoop so in the meeting shit. room. Yes, you know, Marshawn not going to meetings and shit. So it's, it's, it's a different. I mean, it's different ways to do it. But um, what I've what I've realized is every time a team wins the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the media, we reverse engineer it <laughs> and we say that's how you make a that's Super how you Bowl. Do it, yep. So when the Patriots win, it's the Patriot way. Yep. Don't talk business. When the Eagles won it, it was see you need to have an owner that allows his players to be vocal, and then you need to focus on like tight ends and, and read option yeah. and whatever like if Sean McVay would have won the Super Bowl that would have been a new I mean, it's still the new a we lot of hired, guys yeah, we hired yeah, three guys say. we may have hired six like we joke about it but like a very low level Sean McVay may have even gotten more of a look definitely but it's a copycat league it's how it works 1000 um, I went on your Twitter and oh, I saw shit. a few things <laughs> you had one Matty P making some moves up there in Detroit yep. Matt Patricia mm-hmm. I was blown away that Mike Daniels came out and said he's a genius because what I realized is this is an in-division foe that watched your defense twice a year and left there and said, I want to play for that guy, Mm -hmm. which carries a lot of weight. Did you play at all with Patricia? Yeah, my uh, Matty P was. What was the, he back then? What was he? I think he was the line. It's it's so tough because so many guys didn't have titles. You know, it'd be the guys calling the defense or the players, but he's not the D coordinator. You so it's weird. So but I think I'm he sure was, you. I think he was the linebackers coach. Pretty and sure he was, was probably on the other side of the line when you were at the Colts. Yep. What is what is the league's perception of Matt Patricia? Because the media is kind of like, let's see if <laughs> this Belichick number two can make it. Man, the thing about Belichick's way and the Patriot way, it works. But let's not kid ourselves. Tom Brady being as great as he is mm. helps that work a lot. Now, when you have those two things, you got a guy like Tom Brady. I want a defensive-minded coach. It's going to keep the defense in line and keep – you got you to gotta manage men. You got to manage – but it's hard. It's a, it's a weird dynamic when you're a head coach in the league and you're making, you know, $5 million a year and your three best players are averaging, you know, 16, 17 a year. So it's like you still have to earn their respect, like right. like a Popovich, Tim Duncan type relationship. Sure. You know what I mean? So that 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 resonates throughout the team. And a, a quick story, um, my rookie year, this was a training camp. You come into it. Uh, so after every practice, after every game, we have low lights. And, 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 you know, Belichick puts the low lights up from the practice of the game. Regardless, we could beat a team literally 59-0. He'll find the one play. He'll find the three yeah. plays, and you're in there. Shit. Love that. So um, he comes in there, and he's like, oh, you know, yeah, I think somebody had went and ran like a corner route, and Brady missed them in practice. And he's like, man, you know what? We'll, we'll be able to win a, a couple games this year if we got a quarterback that can hit a fucking guy when he's wide open. So I'm like, damn. He calling out Tom like that? And <laughs> the teams I went to after that, you're not calling out your best player like that. Mm. The coaches aren't doing that, but everybody's held to the same standard in New York. Yeah. Like that do your job shit. Like that's, that really and so resonates. Patricia so Patricia came up through that. It came up through that. And you could do that, but. You 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 gotta win early. Yeah. You gotta win early because you if you lose those vets, you lose that locker room, shit can go sideways I'm, real quick. I'm getting more and more intrigued by Detroit. 
They're making moves, man. I They're know. making moves. I, I it's was hard to get this, excited about I love their though. D. I think Darius. Uh, uh, I love Darius Slay. Yeah. I think that they Probably. have a lot of good pieces. Um, I just, it's a. Re- I can't figure out the NFC North because I could pick any of those. Te- I could make an argument for any of those teams. I like the Bears out of that division. I like the right? Packers. You like the Packers? So, I'm not going to lie. I have some gambling predictions coming up. The Packers? Yes. Uh, and the one thing that I started to realize as I was looking through is I was looking at turnovers because there are a few things in the NFL that typically regress to the mean. So come back to normal. If you, if you got a ton of takeaways last year, that's probably not happening again. Yeah. It's just... It happens every year. This like the Jacksonville Jaguars two years ago, mm-hmm. and then the next year, it's just not going to happen. If you're very injured one year, typically that comes back. Or if you're really healthy, you're probably going to get more injured. And I was, I was looking at the Bears. Their schedule is the, I think, one of the top three hardest changes from last year to this year. Okay. And then also they were one of the top teams in takeaways last year at 12. And you don't think you don't think that that stays or gets better. I thought Jacksonville's defense last year was going to be the first defense that goes back to back like that. And they fell apart. But see, this is the thing that a lot of people don't realize. We're about to get into your coach, so (laughs) a lot of people don't realize is Jacksonville's offense sucked last year. Uh, Leonard Fournette didn't worst. figure it out. The worst. Bortles didn't figure it out. And that doesn't yes. just hurt in points. That hurts when, when you're a defense and you go to the sideline and you're going to adjustments and three players there saying, punt ready, punt ready, and that defense is running back on. Yep. You're not going to perform the same. Absolutely. Now, Chicago, they got some weapons over there. But they're missing one thing, and you can help me with this. What's that? They lost Vic Fangio. Yep. Who in my mind they got Chuck Pagano. And, and so I have had Colts fans hit uh-huh. me up. And they have said that people are very excited about Chuck Pagano. As but if you be. look at the defense with the Colts, there's Colts fans the are still thinking about Bruce different. Our personnel compared to what Chuck has to work with now. You got yeah. Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, Akeem Hicks. I know. Uh, who's the kid they drafted out of Georgia, the linebacker? Like Kyle oh, Fuller. Uh, like you got uh, Roquan Smith. Yeah, you got some Dogs over there, and that's what that's kind of what he had in, in Baltimore, and that's why he got the head coach gig in the first place. And he told me personally out of himself multiple times, I can't wait to be a fucking coordinator again. It's head coaching shit. It's just because you got to worry about. I mean, he was like, I'm tired of worry about what meals, were, what meals we're eating at the fucking hotel, yes. or what we're doing here. What we're, I just want to coach. I just want to talk defense, sacks, blitzes, schemes. So he's excited. He's back. He obviously has a chip on and his this shoulder. This is his first time being a coordinator since Baltimore. Since, since Baltimore, he went straight to the head coaching gig. And you're clearly very years. confident in. Him. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Wow. Like, what's the other kid? Leonard Floyd. Man, they got some Akeem guys. Over Hicks, there. Eddie Goldman, uh, Khalil Mack. Jonathan Bullard, eh. uh, Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, who I love, oh, Leonard yes. Floyd, Kyle Fuller. They trade, uh, they get, they lose uh, Adrian Amos. They get Haha Clinton Dix, okay. Prince of Mukamara, Buster Screen. I just think Bro, that every defense. defense that's been like a top five, it typically regresses the next year, and it's not because the talent. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I just. When you're implementing a new scheme, even if it's a guy that you love, yeah. I think it's a transition. But I'm betting against the Bears this year. Betting against us? Yes. It's one of the teams that I will be betting against. Okay. Just because. We need to get a wager on that. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I will do one with you right now. <laughs> with because that. the thing that I always realize when I pick teams mm-hmm. is most 
people pick the same 12 teams that made the playoffs last year. No, well, the Rams no, no, will no, be no, good, no, and the Saints no. will be good, and the Bears will be good, and the Cowboys See, will be good. See, I'm picking the Rams to regress this year. I, they're one of my teams, yeah. too. To regress? I think so, okay, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that. I just... When, you know how hard it is to sustain success very, in the NFL. Very, We see things like the Patriots, and we think that can be attained. And I'm just telling you that I don't think it can be. They're like the it's only nominee, team that I think it, yeah, it's truly yeah, an outlier. Yeah. Everywhere else, it averages six new teams in the playoffs every year. Wow. So some teams have to come out. Yeah. And I'm looking at, I don't know if the Rams aren't going to make the playoffs, Todd Gurley scares me a little bit. Scares me a lot. I don't know what he's hiding over there. I don't know what's going on over there. I don't, I don't think he's right, man. I hope he's right. I hope it was just something that he's dealt with and come back. But The, the main reason that I'm betting against the, Bear, the Rams is the interior of their offensive line is, has taken like a combined 500 snaps. It's like Austin. They lost Roger Saffold. They lost uh, Haven't. They lost a few other guys. Whitworth so, still there? I'll tell you exactly who they he, are. He's, he's, he's up there. Whitworth is left tackle. He's now like, what, 37? It's got to be like year 15. But their interior offensive line is left guard Joseph Noteboom, Brian Allen at center, and then Austin Blythe. We talked about it a lot last year. The Chicago Bears push that offensive line around, mm. Goff couldn't do anything. Eagles push that offensive line around, yeah. couldn't do anything. I'm just looking at the team. There's a, there are holes. The Patriots scheming them up. It's but as Mina Kime said, it is still Sean McVay. And I, yeah, but I mean, guy, guys get to kind of figure him out too. You know, when you come in, you can kind of take the lead. You can kind of catch the league off guard. You've seen it happen with Greg Rome with Cass. Doesn't McVay sound different? Sounds, but see, what you've seen, I've seen things come and go. I've seen, but he, he, he's a smart fan, guy. Man, I watched Chip Kelly go ten and six in year one. Yeah, but I don't think really Sean excited. McVay is Chip Kelly. I think he's better. He's. A I think better. he's a lot he's a better. better. He's, he's a better. Close. He's a better. He he manages the yeah. men better. You know what I mean? Because so a lot of guys didn't like Chip Kelly personally. Who are you really high on this year? Um, I think San Fran will surprise a lot of people. That's my. You know, that's I'm not, my I'm not guaranteeing. West. <laughs> it, it'll be it, that West will be a lot tougher. Butler, I think, we agree. <laughs> I think Russell. Uh, I got faith in Russell Wilson. I always do. Yes. Um, they, obviously they lost some pieces, but Bobby Wag is still over there. How about your How about your Colts? So high on the Colts. Yeah. If, they, if, if I'll be disappointed if they don't make it to championship Sunday. Mm. And um, it, it's just it's the best O line by far that Andrew Luck has had. Um, you got T.Y. Hilton. He, he should be healthy going into this year. You got Funches, another red zone target. Hopefully he takes that leap that Ebron did when he came over from Detroit. Right. You got Jack Doyle back healthy. Um, you know, you got Matt kind of running back by committee. And then the defense. I love Don't I think Marlon Mack can be a one. Oh, absolutely. And I think Naheem Hines, if used correctly, could be like that commander type of, pace, of guy. Yep. He's so athletic. For sure. But, yeah, the defense, too. Who's their DC now? Eberflus. Yeah, he's a baller they love too. Him. They love him. They love him out there. I, I, I got a chance to go down there and kind of see, talk to him, talk to the coaches, talk to a lot of the players. And now uh, you got Kenny Moore over there. I Darius was going to say you show a ton of love to Kenny Moore, and I talked a lot about Kenny Moore recently because of the things he's done this offseason. Yeah, paying for the funeral, also uh, saving that dog, and mm-hmm. like rushing to <laughs> yeah. a vet, but. Kenny Moore, I saw, was listed in one tweet as uh, they were talking about great slot corners. Mm-hmm. 
And you made sure to get a retweet in there to support Kenny Moore. Oh, for sure. But I don't think a lot of people know about him on the field. A lot of people don't know about him. It's a smaller market, and um, and he's not even slot corner. He start, He won that starting job over you know Quincy Wilson, who yep. was a high pick, um, uh, Nate, who was a draft pick, because Kenny Moore came over as an undrafted free agent. He was one of those guys. He, I think he got cut by New England, actually. And he came in and instantly, you know, just asking questions, just yeah. latching on, just doing everything right. And you just knew kind of like, okay, he'll, he'll make his way. I didn't know he was going to be what he is now this quick because he, 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 you know, even outdid my expectations. But the sky's the I'm glad they paid him. They took because that's a, that's the thing about building a culture. Like you pay the guys who who doing the right shit. Mm. They took care of him. Chris took care of him. So that's one of those things where if a certain guy gets a contract, mm-hmm. the whole locker room, the locker room happy. sees that, and it's like okay, because they didn't have to pay. Who him were this some year. of those guys that you saw get paid that? It it kind of uplifted the locker room. You know what? I didn't, it wasn't a lot of that when I was with the regime that was there. Like, cause I felt oh, like yeah. Jarrell Freeman. Jarrell Freeman was a guy that I felt like. Cause I, what, but what some other guys do? They fall in love with these big names from other teams, and they pay them a bunch of money. They come in mm. and they don't even fit in. You know what I mean? We had a lot of that going as a po and and. Chris is Chris Ballard's doing the opposite. He's doing, and obviously they got a ton of money to spend as well. He's the man. You got a ton of money, but you're paying Pierre Desir. You know, a guy who's who's does the thing on and off the field the right way. Um, you draft a guy like Darius Leonard in the second round, who yes. took everybody. You know, by storm. You know, Quentin Nelson. That was a kind of a, a easy oh, pick. You know, and it was, you know, we, he was more than what we expected. It really but. wasn't an easy pick because if you, you remember, so? Roquan Smith was still on the board. Terrell, uh, Tremaine Edmonds was still on the board, and the 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 Colts defense was like thirty second that year before, and so everybody was like, they need to get the middle linebacker, Quentin Nelson. We look at it now, and we go like he was definitely up there, but I I think I remember the Colts were the the sixth pick in that draft. They started off at three, and then they traded down yep. with the Jets. If they stayed at three, wow, Chubb. That that was that was the pick that everybody was Bradley saying. Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Right, and, that's what I mean. They everybody was saying yeah. go defense. Yep. And they went in there and they went offense and then they went offense again yep. in the second round. And now the next eight years of that franchise are going to be completely different. Yeah. And that, and that's 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 what I'm saying. He made, he made the right move. And yes. going back to six, chance to meet him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I played for him for a year. What's he? Yeah. Like? He's great dude. Great dude. Now he gets it. He he was a coach before. Yeah. Um. You know he 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 gets it with the guys. Um. He 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 shoots he shoots it straight. Uh. He's straight with the team. Frank Wright is the same way. So that's the second time you've said they shoot it straight. Yeah. Have you been with coaches that don't? A ton of them. What is who that many like? of them? It's the worst. Like don't. As a player, you you don't want coaches playing mind games, but you don't want it's just like what we see in the media when coaches get up there, oh yeah, we're really high on this guy, yeah, we love him, we love him. and then the next day he's traded or some you know, oh yeah, he's not. So what happened? Released. What was one example with you? Ah oh, man. Hold on, let me see. Um one example with me probably be uh had a coach in, in Carolina when they were kinda Kinda of saw the writing on the wall there and they were like, Oh yeah, you know, you're doing great, do this, boy, boy, you're gonna go out here in this fourth preseason game. Fourth preseason game. <laughs> yeah, we just want to see that. Oh, okay. But, I mean, you, it's a lot of it. It's a lot of it that you got to read between the lines but a lot of times. you really want him to pull you aside and go, listen, you need to ball out in this fourth preseason Or your preseason ass is out of here. Out of straight here. up. Like, yeah. shoot, shoot it straight with me. Yeah. And uh, that, that, that's, that's, that goes a lot longer way. Oh, and, man. Um, so, uh, but, like, back to that pick, he needed to draft that because what – Luck was oh. still, luck was banged up. Throwing tennis balls. Bang, yeah, offices. he was banged. So you had to sure up that old line, and uh, they finally got him an old line. Uh, did he go? He went another old lineman in the I think second he went round. Braylon Edwards or, before Darius Leonard. 
I think they had two second-round picks. Yeah, they had a bunch of picks, so when they traded back to six. Yeah, because Braden Smith was a second-round pick, and then Darius Leonard. So their yeah. first three picks were Quentin Nelson. Now they're starting right tackle, uh, Braden Smith and Darius Leonard. Yeah. That's, I always go, there was right, this shit. one Eagles draft in like 01 or 02 where they went Lito Shepard, Sheldon Brown, Michael Lewis, Brian Westbrook. And it was like our starting secondary and Brian Damn. Westbrook. And then in like the fifth or sixth, they also got like a Brent Selleck or mm-hmm. some shit like that. Yeah. And it's when uh, the Saints had one a few years ago where they got Kamara in the fourth, Ramchick at the end of the first round, who's mm-hmm. now their starting guard. Uh, in the beginning, they got Marcus Lattimore. Like they, they got like they hit on like four guys. Yeah, completely changes a franchise. It does if, if they pan changes. out, obviously. Oh, but uh, and your guy who you're betting on the Packers, I feel like they did. They do a rod a huge disservice. Yes. Like they don't draft him any first round talent that he can throw the ball to, he can hand the ball off to. It's always a defensive guy, an O lineman. I think the only offensive draft pick they had in the prior last but not counting this year. Yeah. I can't think about who they had, but it's it's probably tackles. Like, I can't think of a skilled player. I mean, Brian Belaga Even Devont- was in 2010. Devontae yeah. Adams was a second round second pick in 2014. You can't st- yeah. I really thought, speaking of the Packers, they had that pick around like 11, 12, or 13. And the two names I kept thinking was Noah Fant mm-hmm. or Hawken, Hawkenstein or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hawk- you get a tight end. A, an option. Or, you know, one of those wide receivers. I wanted Hollywood to go there. I wanted Hollywood Brown to go to the Packers. So What do you think about this high. kid? Oh, I'm excited about him. Him and Miles Boykin apparently are playing really well in Baltimore. Yeah. Apparently that's the story. I'm excited about him, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Baltimore brings to the table. You know what I'm excited about? Kyler fucking Murray. Um, They just got to put something around him, man. I I was doing a little bit of reading on him last night. So apparently this is what Larry Fitzgerald said on Sunday. Oh, yeah. He spoke very highly. I've never seen a quarterback come in so quickly and be able to command on offense. From day one, he's checking different plays, sliding the line, different protections, getting us into screens when blitzes are coming. His understanding of the offense is crazy. That's big. I had his offensive lineman Justin Pugh on recently. He was saying he just gets it. This is the offense that Cliff Kingsbury was building for him mm-hmm. at Texas Tech. The other reason I got excited was the teams in his division, Seattle, San Francisco, and the Rams. San Francisco defense, tough. In the last year, those three teams, with the thousands of snaps they faced, mm-hmm. only faced four wide receivers 43 times. That's about to be the Cardinals' offense. What Kirk, you saying, like four, like four wide? Th- this is what Kingsbury's going to do. Wow. Okay. It's going to be Larry, and it's going to be one of the rookie wide receivers, the big ones like Hakeem, yep. whatever. And then Ooh, the inside yeah, is going to be Christian Kirk, and then it might be the Isabella kid. But that's the offense. You got it's David Johnson four too. wide <laughs> with David Johnson. <laughs> another receiver. So they're running ten. Be. Yeah. And and then it's Kyler on the read option, and you ain't beating him to the edge. Yeah. Rookie quarterbacks always have success running the ball. Lamar ran great. Cam Newton ran great. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen ran great. Yeah. Like they always can do well. Carson Wentz ran. Andrew Luck ran. Yep. I'm just looking at the Cardinals. I don't think their defense is good, but they might be in like shootout city. And I'm excited for Kyler Murray. Man. I'm excited to see him play too. Woo! He's a winner. He's Woo! a winner. And, and those things that Larry's saying, like being able to call your own protection, just yes. like that as a rookie. And it's probably, honestly, it sounds crazy, but it's probably easier for him because this is probably the first time in his life that he's just focusing on football. 
He's been a two-sport athlete. He was the first athlete ever drafted first-round baseball and football. So now it's just football. So he's probably like, shit, it's a walk in the park. Yeah. I can, all I'm studying is protections now. I'm not worried about this, that, or the third. So I'm, I'm, ex- I'm, excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm just excited for NFL football. Oh, my back. God. Your guy, I might even write a, watch a damn preseason game this year. We are going to have uh, a guest next week. Uh, I'm just going to tell you guys. Crack is coming back. Uh, Crack is like this Crack. incredible gambler 80s. in Vegas. He's got his own app. Uh, it, I don't think he was born in the 80s. <laughs> but Crack was big in the 80s. <laughs> but he um, apparently a little birdie told me that he's incredible at betting preseason games. Wow. And that to me is a new level. That's that. And that I can't that's wait to get into it. Um, I never. The Zeke situation. Uh huh. What is your initial gut? <laughs> I mean, they're not they're not making a run without him. Uh, that 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 team is built to run. He makes Dak a lot better. Oh man. Uh, he makes Amari a lot better, honestly, because you got to you got to put eight in the box to stop him, especially with that O line with Fredericks coming back. Oh. Um, but uh, you gotta I, he they got the rights to him for like another three or four years with the franchise. You got two years left on his deal. You got to pay Dak first. You got to I feel like you got to pay your quarterback as early as possible. If that's gonna be your guy, you got to pay him early before you have to pay him forty million. They have four guys that I think need to get paid. Dak, Zeke. Is this in order? This is not in order. Oh man. Dak, Zeke, Amari, and Byron Jones. Byron Jones got it. And I'm telling them right now. UConn, baby. That if they overlook Byron Jones, the Patriots Patriots will find a way to make him the highest paid quarter in the NFL. I don't know. They gave Gilly a lot of money. Well, by that time, like two, (laughs) three years down the road. How many years does he have left? Byron. What, two? One? On his rookie deal? Damn. He's coming up. He's, he's coming up. Yeah. He's coming up. And and if I was how would you rank those four? Like you would put you Dak gotta go Dak, one. Dak gotta go one. Quarterback. If he's your quarterback, you gotta pay if him. If that's your guy, you gotta pay him. Okay. Um and then Zeke Amari and Byron. I go Zeke. Damn. Because Dallas went far in the playoffs because of their defense last year. Their defense is and everyone stacked. is fucking talking about Amari Cooper. And I'm going, no, it was yeah, Demarcus Lawrence and Byron Jones. Like those and two that linebackers. Def- those Damn. those would be the best pair in the league, probably starting this year. Because like the Carolina pair is over. Yeah, that, pair, that pair is done. Uh, the Tampa pair, Levante, Dave, Quan Alexander. Um, yeah, so it's and hard. If you want to do like a KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner. Yeah, they, they, they won a lot of they won a lot of games. So um, and Anthony Barr, Eric yeah. Kendricks. So they're gonna maybe. they're gonna try to keep those guys together too. Yes. So they they got that in the sights. Yeah, that's like three years they from got now. in the sights, man. But um, shit. Okay, so tough, you go man. Dak. You go Dak. Zeke, Byron you gotta go Amari. Byron. You gotta go Byron. Byron Amari. It, it's. I know that Amari has been a completely different person in Dallas. Uh huh. But I'm still worried. You still worried about him? Drops? Not about drops. What you worry about? Mental. Amari is um, because what Jerry Jones did to Zeke is a negotiation tactic. Oh, for sure. And I don't know how Amari would react to it. Uh huh. Zeke went to Cabo. Yeah. Zeke said, I got an agent. I think that's a negotiation tactic, too. Absolutely. But here's the negotiation tactic that Jerry Jones used. Jerry Jones has always been Zeke's number one fan. Yep. Zeke gets in trouble with the league. I'll fight Roger Goodell for you. Zeke is doing issues in the streets. I can stand for Zeke's character. Yeah. But now it's money. (laughs) And Jerry Jones says, the point is, you don't have to have a champion a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We are looking at putting Zeke's contract in place. You have to realize the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. 
So you have to do things along with having Zeke and other players to win a Super Bowl. Jerry has always been Zeke. <laughs> Everyone out there just doesn't like you. That's crazy. But I have your back. I have your back, yeah. Zeke. And now that money's on the table, he's going, I don't need you, Zeke. Yeah, I think it's I can win a Super Bowl without you. Bullshit. He's been through this but before. But if I was Zeke. I've seen this story before. Of course. 1993. Emmitt Smith. That's what yeah, okay, we got, we got Hall of Famer, Troy Aikman. We got Hall of Famer, Michael Irvin. We still got the best old line in the league. We don't need him. Yeah, start 0-2. Yes. Zeke, Zeke will be in that building by it's week It's what three. happened to Cam Chancellor. If yep. you remember, mm-hmm. the Bengals tore up the Seahawks defense. Yeah. They would pay that guy. It's what happened to the referees. Yeah. I told Trent Williams, let Eric Flowers play two games and then watch them drop an extra 15 guaranteed yeah. on the first year. Yeah. But I look at Zeke, and it's – I don't know how Amari would react to that. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, is yeah. Zeke is sort of like – Whatever. But Zeke's been, he's been through a lot of shit already early yes. in his career. He's been through a lot of shit. So, it, it, shit. It, he, he, he's trying to get ahead of the uh, – because he knows the same thing we talked about. Those guys are in line to be paid. Yes. And I don't know where Tyron Smith is in his deal, but I'm sure he's somewhere down no, there. No, Tyron Smith signed He's locked like, up for a while. He signed, oh, he signed like like eight years. Year. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. So, yeah, he's good. They got People a lot like, of Why would you pay him nine years, $97 million. It's Smart. like you have a Genius. left tackle yeah. for $10 million exactly. a year? Brilliant. But I, I'm very curious about that. I thought Jerry Jones doing that, it was an interesting move. But I look at Zeke, and running backs need to get paid. And, I, and I, I've, I'll say this a million times. I know that running backs are replaceable. I know that uh, I they can do this. It sucks. Because they get hit so much, they get hit so much, and their careers are smaller, Mm -hmm. and they're showing right. There's a lot of analytics that are talking about you play action is successful without even having to run the ball Mm -hmm. now. So it's like changing people's minds. But Melvin Gordon runs differently, and Zeke really runs differently because I've seen this offense with other running backs. I've seen it with Alfred Morris getting 100 yards. Zeke would have gotten 200 yards. Zeke is incredible at the goal line. Yeah. The way he can knife in. I, Zeke is also just, he takes the soul out of a He's defense. He's a beast in the passing game, too, yes. which, which is slept on. Like, it, I agree with those rules. Running back by committee and all these things, but it's, it's exceptions to every rule. And, and Zeke is, is an exception. I read, a, I read a whole thread on this the other day about running backs are devalued, but running backs that can receive may actually be more valuable than, like, tight ends. So Definitely. The, so the, Saquon. The, the Camaras, the Saquons, the Caffreys, they are they can, they're not even really called running backs. Yeah. You know how we have, like, defensive end linebackers and people call them edge? Yeah. We need to come up with a new name for the and not just a receiving running back. Yeah, got Le'Veon, Gurley. I mean, oh. a lot of them. It's it's a, it's a very few very good running backs that you just turn around and hand the ball off to. Now that's kind of oh, but when it gets in December, it gets in those playoffs. Oh man, you got to be able to run that ball. Have to. You got to be able to run that ball. You got to be able to stop the run. You ever have a situation where they asked you to get around the line of scrimmage and someone turned the corner and you went, "Damn, I have to take this motherfucker one on one." Oh man, yeah. Who was, who was the first one that made man, you do that? Man, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, man, and the Jets. I caught him late in his career. Oh. He was still a beast. So what? I met him. He had met him in the hole. Boom! Smacked me. Ran me over. And you know, I'm, you know, it's part of it. You're, you're gonna get got at some point. And uh, the next day in the weight room, Mike Warsick, who's 
be a Hall of Fame uh, strength coach. He got like six Super Bowls in the Cowboys and Patriots combined. He comes up to me in the uh, weight room like, hey, um, you know, were the equipment guys able to, um, you know, handle that? I'm like, what? He's like, were they able to get like those cleat marks out of your jersey? <laughs> <laughs> So, but that was that was kind of one of my welcome to the NFL. That's Him, awesome. Michael Turner, when he was in uh, Atlanta, like those thigh, like How? you think those Saquon thighs. Michael Turner's probably his legs are probably bigger. Michael Turner his was the original yeah. like muscle hamster Man. guy. How low did he get? Because he was so, he was like MJD, five, like six. it was a low man wins in football, and he was already down there, and and it was like. Because most guys, especially for a DB, you want to you want to hit the legs. You want to try to yes. take the legs out, wrap them up, grab. But shit, he had tree trunks. I'd rather hit him up top and take my wow. chances. Just so it was tough. I mean, you you come across a lot of those guys. Maurice Jones Drew is going to be one of those guys that we look back, and I don't think we're going to be able to fully appreciate how good he was. Yeah, ag- agreed. I think he's going to be forgotten in time. Yeah, and it sucks. Agreed. He was because he wasn't even. A, he wasn't even the best running back in that franchise history. You got Fred Taylor. I know. Got Freddie T. So it's tough. Well, you're a Florida guy too. So you're well, so biased. Freddie T. was a beast. Yeah. Freddie T. is the Roy Jones Jr. of the NFL. <laughs> of that's he a, has he has so much respect, and he always did it his way. Yep. And they kind of look alike a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that comparison. Actually, Thank I might you. drop that on him. <laughs> yeah. Tell him that I. But say if that you too. talk to guy, any anybody that played against him with him or anybody around the league, like Freddie T. He's, when it comes to respect, like he's, oh, yeah. he's he's up there. He's up there. Frank Gore's of the world and the uh, Adrian James is like he he's, he's spoken that same. You uh, ranked your top five corners. Oh yeah. You went Xavier Howard five. Yep. Byron Jones four. Jalen Ramsey three. Casey Hayward two. Stephon Gilmore one. Yep. The only question I have is why is Casey ahead of Jalen for you? Those are those are interchangeable. Sure. I can, it, depending on the the matchup that week, I can go Jalen at two. Should, I can't I can't take Gilmore so at one spot. So what is the matchup? And I get it. That's why yeah. I'm not going to ask you. Yeah. But what is it? What is the matchup that you would put Casey over Jalen in? Hmm. Let's see. In a one, it depends. See, it's hard because if you just like, and this, this is what Pat P suspended. So Pat P would definitely be in. Where this would he well. be? He'll be up there. He'll be. Top three. I don't know where, but when you watch guys, I, it was tough. It was tough to leave Chris Harris out. It was tough to leave sure. Slay out. Xavier Rose, if he's healthy, There's so many guys that you can put in these in these positions. But Casey's been quietly like a dominant, like a dominant player. And um, I don't, I can't think of a, a certain matchup right now. But are they running? Like, do they run zone? Are they in that? Because it's the it's that like old Seattle scheme, right? When uh and. In, uh, in Jacksonville, well, and also or, in the Chargers because they have the old uh, Gus. What, uh, what's Gus his? Bradley? Yeah, yeah. So, how do you deal with the whole zone versus man thing? If you're if you're a guy who it depends, man, because it's different ways to do it. Like Richard Sherman, like he used to get a lot of shit back yes, in the he day. Did. Like, oh, he, he can't be a top ranked corner. He plays one side of the field and he plays cover three, right? But shit, he he did it. Great, you know what I mean. Like you, you try, you throw a deep ball, it's gonna right. get picked off. He, he had, he was had crazy turnover numbers every year, every year. So if that's what your defensive coordinators ask you to do, that's what's helping your team get sure. to a Super Bowl. By all means, now you're Pat P, and you say, hey, I'm gonna put you on the number one guy, and the safety's going to the other side of the field every week. That brings a lot of value yes. to the team too. If I'm building a team, I would prefer the Pat P. 
right. in that situation because I want well, a guy just who can. You the Casey Hay- Well, Ramsey. But Casey Hayward, Casey Hayward can match up too now. Yeah, yeah. But it, you got Desmond King, who's a who's a dog out there. You got you got you got a lot of players on that. I on love that. I love the Desmond Kings, the Eddie Jacksons, the Patrick yeah. Chungs. I love the. Pete like Chung, we got drafted together, man. You're going strong. Dudes yeah, yeah. that just like fuck people up in the middle of the field. Yeah. But they can also play corner, but they can also like rush the pass. They do a lot. They oh, can cover yeah. guys. They can blitz. They can, um, you know, cover tight ends, cover receivers, play the deep middle. You know, the Eric Weddles of the world. Like, they, like they're ballers and they're slept on. But Marcus um, Joyner. But Marcus Joyner. Yeah. Was he Oakland Raiders? Him and him and our guy Jonathan Abram are together. Damn. He's so, learning uh, a lot. So, so is, is Abram starting now? Or, I don't know if he's K- starting yet. I think right now they're looking at like the three, and they're I think they're kind of trying to figure it out with reps and stuff. Okay, I would bet that Abram's going to start. He's going to be on the field for sure. They're going to have to yeah, find a way. He'll to have a he'll have a package at least. It may even throw Joiner back in nickel in certain packages. You did transition to safety, yeah, and I feel like that's like a thing that we do with corners now. Yeah. It, what is that transition like? It's tough, man. It is. I saw uh, you're eating like a like twenty thousand yeah, calories it, it, a day. It's tough, man. It's um. But it is easier to go from corner nickel to safety because you're kind of in the middle. Yeah, of the field. it's kind of how Woodson did, how Charles Woodson did right. it because you know corners corner is the simplest position to know. Like game plan wise, like I know my assignment going. Yes, to Stop hardest position to actually play physically play. You know, on the defense side of the ball, in my opinion. Uh, you go to nickel. Mentally, you gotta you gotta know where your linebackers are. Sometimes you gotta know the stunts up front. You may have a gap you gotta fit. You gotta know what your corner. You gotta talk to your corners about. You also you know, have so much more fear of getting blindsided. Across exactly, the you get a crack back. It's just so much you have to deal with, and you have to study so much more film and be ready. So when you make that, when I make that transition to safety, being able to communicate with more guys pre-snap, I was great at that. But it's just those angles, getting used to. Taking angles or getting used to now of running back is coming up scot free yeah. up the B gap oh, and it's man. like shit you know how you know, yeah so it's, I'm the one that got to save the touchdown so that's tough as a nickel as a corner you're usually the funneling back to a, a, a linebacker that's hauling ass or yeah. safety coming back so it's different tackling in space you know a little quick receivers now you got to tackle running how do you back watch football tight end like what's a Sunday. Man, you know My what? Sunday for the last few years has been in the kitchen over there, <laughs> and I set up like I set up like six TVs. I do one on red zone just so I don't miss anything, and then I try and watch four or five, and I have like sheets where I like take notes of like Damn. any big because if I'm going to so talk you're, about yeah, it, yeah, you're you're talking about it now. See, I wasn't talking about it, so yeah. Honestly, I didn't even watch a lot of football until I'm sure late October. Once the games really start counting, then yes. I'm like, okay, let me tune in. Let me see who's going to be the playoffs, who's doing this, who's doing that. But uh, you know, I didn't play fantasy. Who knows? Yeah, it, it, it was – I really didn't watch it. Um, and then kind of once that part of the season, that's when I started to miss it. Like, damn, I, I, shit, it's divisional. It's, these guys are doing this. So that's when you start to miss it. Um but, you know, so this year I'll be, especially if I'm in the media and talking about it, I'll definitely be locked in. I got to get fucking DirecTV, got to get the, the package or go oh, somewhere where you can watch eight games at a time. Because right now I got the red zone. And it's like you get updates, but it's, it's not the same. It's so, not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. So you no. gotta, I got to figure something out. Because I, I get excited about the non-scoring plays. Not yeah, just, exactly, exactly. I don't need to just see the touchdowns. Exactly. You know, I'm trying to see that like really big third and seven that might not get picked up or something yeah. like that. All right, so your your sleeper teams this year, you like the Niners? I like the Niners. Any yeah. other sleeper teams? Hmm. I wouldn't I mean the Jags would do better, but I don't I don't see them winning that division. You think the you think the Browns can win the North? 
Not this year. Okay. I don't think they they can. I don't think they will though. I think I think Pittsburgh still wins that. Still division. gets it done. I still I still think. I think big, he, big Ben got a he got a chip on his shoulder. Oh this man. Year. Yeah, no A B. No Bell. Now you know now how he's gonna and he got he fortunately he has guys who can step up to that role. I'm I'm a little concerned about how durable Connor will be this year. That's my you question. You saw him kind of breaking down yeah. last year because it's different when you're taking. You take those shots, especially in that division. That's oh, a tough man. division. And, and the Browns do have a defense that'll smack yes. around. Now they got an offense that put up points. I just don't see them. Uh, Freddie Kitchens is my biggest question mark there. And, um, you know, how that offense makes everybody happy. And then a team that made the playoffs last year that you do you think the Rams are going to miss the playoffs or. I still I wouldn't see be, I wouldn't be, card. I wouldn't be surprised if they missed it. Mm. You got a division like, I look at the division like, okay, what division could send two teams? NFC North, I think the NFC South, and then maybe Eagles and Cowboys. Yeah. Maybe Eagles, yeah. Like, yeah. Especially if Zeke gets back in that building early, so it'll it'll be it'll be it'll be tough. That's what it'll I mean, tough. it's a crapshoot. It'll be like, tough. Why not take shots? It'll on be teams. tough. It'll be um, tough. And then do the Patriots win the AFC East? Yeah, come on, okay. <laughs> come on. And that, that literally, as I fill it out, it's like going through like the number one in my bracket and being yeah. like, "Oh yeah, Zion's gonna get past that 16th. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's the same. The that's just, I mean, it'll be, it'll be some game. It'll be some good games. With um, I am I think high the Dolphins on the Bills. always play them tough. I'm high on the Bills. Dolph- You're high on the Bills? Yeah. I haven't like officially put it to stone yet. Nah, I don't. I don't trust Josh Allen. That's at okay. All, at all. I um. I think Sean McDermott has shown to be one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. I think they completely rebuilt that offensive line. Uh, I need to see what this rookie running back is, Henderson, and see if he's like, because they're saying in camp right now that he's like, they don't might not even need LaShawn McCoy. Whoa. They finally got a, they, they switched from all really big receivers, uh, like the Kelvin Benjamins and stuff. Mm-hmm. The Foster kids showed out last year. They go and they get um, Cole Beasley underneath and they get That's John big, Brown smoke. Yeah. He needs to be accurate. You got to be accurate with the little guys. I just. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't trust them. I'm just a big Sean McDermott. I don't, I don't trust them. The defense, I'm not worried about the defense at all. Yeah. They got they got guys on the defensive side of the ball. Just don't trust that offense. I know. And I'm also it, rooting for the Jets, too. Jets will finish second. They'll finish second. They got a lot of weapons. Uh, C.J. Mosley, which isn't talked about a lot. I want Le'Veon Bell Huge to be like MVP. Le'Veon Bell will be. He'll be in a conversation for best running back in the league. So again. all those people that were like, "Why are you sitting out?" Can be like, "Damn, that was a incredible. year off." Like I couldn't imagine how fresh he fit. You saw he ran two conditioning tests. Are there any issues with being that fresh? It could be, but I know I, I personally know how he works out. I know where he works out. Yeah. down in Davie with Barmeritos, and he works his ass off. So it's not like a guy who you know I think is just you know out here. So he's he's been working his ass off and in the studio. Yes, and uh, you know some other stuff. But I, I'm looking forward. You got Sam Darner. You got um damn the slot receiver Crowder. James Crowder. Crowder. You got you got they got some That's Robbie Anderson should have yes. a big year this year. I'm, I'm looking forward to the AFCs. But I mean, come on. I'm so Patriots. excited for football. Patriots. Oh back. my god! Can't wait. <laughs> Darius Can't Bowles wait. Excited. All right, Nick. Let me get that beautiful music. Um and maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my God. A. A. Yo. A. D. Uh, B. Okay. Do zero. Okay. Yeah. Check it. Uh. Quick foe. Deuce O. Oh. Kick back with left co. Hey. Shit. I might go. 
Uh, fuck it. Let me get four more. Uh, I ain't got that. You don't stop, but I can okay. do this thing. I can take it to the top. Hey. Belichick running the team. You can't miss him. And everybody knows you just can't diss him. Hey. Tom Brady drops back. He throws in practice. And everybody knows that you just can't act this. It's too real. It's too authentic. And I don't have a word that rhymes with authentic. Hey, spin fuck it. You. Oh, you hey, ready to go? Spin it. Hey. 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 That was my yeah, worst one still ever. We in it. Butler, you're the fucking it. man. Hey, man. What is your, me, man. What's your social you. handle? Darius J. Butler, Twitter, Instagram. Yes. Follow me, man. Talk shit. Follow this man. Uh, a few weeks. The NFL is oh, almost can't back. Can't wait. Love you guys. Holla, holla, holla. I uh, hope you guys got into the fantasy league. Over a thousand. We'll have more updates later. But for D Butler, I'm Lefko. Holla, holla at you later. Man, that was my worst one. <laughs>